second song what God began to show me as I'm as we're as we're worshiping as we're uh, singing is that there is a wave happening and what I saw is there was a wave coming a wave coming from the east and it was rolling across our parking lot you know the blacktop is, is rolling and uh, I hope that's not prophetic you know we just we just we just bought our parking lot a couple of years ago so anyways <clears throat> I just saw this wave, <coughs> and we're we're on it. We're on it. It is, it is a time that we are riding the wave. Now, listen, I I've never surfed or anything like that. I, I've been to the ocean, but I don't like getting in the ocean because I saw Jaws as a kid, you know. <laughs> but I I am amazed at these people that can that can these surfers that can go out and catch that wave and to ride it. And that's what God is saying we're doing right now. We're riding that wave. It is a, it is bringing us into a new shore, into the, to the shore. And it is a new thing. It's a, it is a new thing. And so I, I encourage you, catch that wave. We used to sing a song over in the barn when we were, when we were uh, having church in the barn and we didn't have a worship team. Our worship team was CDs. And um, we used to sing a, a song that said, In You I Live and Move and Breathe by Lincoln Brewster. And, and when we'd sing that song, we would all get into it. I live and move and breathe. And we would ride that wave. And that's what I heard as we were as we were singing, that we're riding that wave. It's in Him, in Him, in Him Amen. that we move, that we live, that we breathe. We have breath because we live and move and breathe and we ride that way man it's such a cool place to be I I, th- I believe with all my heart we're in a new place we're, in a new, we're coming to the end of the year but we're in a new place amen, amen? amen. if you if you believe that you're gonna you're gonna ride that way in it's a new place it's a new a new place amen? let's pray heavenly father I praise you and I thank you for a new place. I praise you and thank you that we are we are coming into that new place. That God, we are not afraid of the big swells. We're not afraid of those things that that are under the ocean. We're we are in awe of who you are and that you would set us in a place where we can ride that wave in to that new place, into that new thing. Father, I thank you. I praise you for what you're doing in each and every one of us. I praise you and thank you for what you're doing today in this place. (coughs) In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do you agree with that? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Man, that that was a good set. I like that, especially that last song. That was good stuff. And and Brad choosing the, the background for that is just perfect. It's perfect. Amen. Amen. So, this morning is our first Sunday into the new month, and uh, so our, that's when we usually pray over tithes and offerings. So, if you want to have a seat, go ahead. Tell somebody around you hello and and uh, wish them a, a new day. 
Amen. Huh? Yeah, I was surfing. So, so like I said, this is this is the first Sunday of the month. We love to pray over tithes and offerings here at Cowboy Church. We don't we don't pass a plate or a hat. We don't take time to really take up offerings so much as we uh, just take the first of the month. We we allow you to do with your offering what God wants you to do. I believe that you hear from God, and you can give here, you can give online, whatever. But this is where we like to pray pray, pray a blessing over you, your household, your finances. And I can't think of a better person to to be able to pray over us and to, to speak to us than J.C. Dickens. So if you would, welcome J.C. up here. Hello. You don't you don't eat at one restaurant and walk across the road and pay at another. This this is where God's feeding you right here. But when Lynette said steward the exchange, God blesses us, so let's steward what he's blessed us with, and God I honor you with the first fruits of my increase and I worship you with it. Don't 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 tithe with worship. Don't don't throw your check in the offering in the box back there and say, "Well, I did my duty." We're we're we have an opportunity to bless the Lord with all that He's given us just by honoring Him with the first fruits. Malachi three eight through ten says, "Bring your tithe into the storehouse." Second song was. Praise the Lord and open your hands and he'll open the windows of heaven to you. Let's pray right now. And I appreciate this opportunity and just thank your pastors for the time that they spend to feed us the word of God. Father, we come to you right now. We thank you and praise you for this opportunity to bring the first fruits of our increase. We curse poverty and sickness and lack 
in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Father, for you rebuke the devourer because we honor you with the first fruits of our increase. Bless every income, every household, every wage earner in this church in the name of Jesus, Father. I just pray a special blessing on them. And we praise you and thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. No, I got it. Thank you. Amen. That was good stuff, wasn't it? Good stuff. Well, go ahead and bring up the, the pulpit and stuff like that because we're getting ready to transition into a good time. It's going to be a good time today. We are so excited about uh, what this morning's going to hold. And um, the the most perfect way to introduce our guest speaker today is to have her husband introduce her. So Wes Olson, would you come up here? All right, thank you. Uh, if it looks like I'm shaking, I probably am. Um, anyway, I just uh, we just ask that you. Hope you guys came here for a good time today. I know Kayleen's been uh, looking forward to this for a long time. And uh, anyway, the the room is, is going to have a good time today, Lord Father. And we just asked to, to open, you know, if you got your fantasy football lineups, get it, get it sorted, put your phones on mute. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, I really hope you guys get some out of this. You know, Kayleen's, um, you know, Everywhere she goes, everything she touches, if you guys haven't got a chance to meet her, I just really hope you get that opportunity because everything she, you know, the the hugs are tighter with her. The bed's warmer. <laughs> and your day is just a little bit sweeter. So please welcome, give an N3C welcome to Kayleen. everybody. Um, oh boy. I didn't know if that was a treat for me, for my husband to introduce me. That's awesome. Um, I, got, I just want to thank Pastor Darren and Lynette and honestly, this whole church family for having me today. Like, gosh, um, my life would not look the same with you guys, without you guys. Pastor Darren and Lynette have just, um, just equipped me and helped me know that I could have more than just a vanilla relationship with God. Right? Like, um, I feel like before I started coming here, I knew about God, but I didn't know God. I tried very, very hard to stay off God's radar, radar because I didn't want to be smited or uh, sin and get in trouble. And how confused was I, Right? I was so confused because our God is so loving. So just thank you guys so much for trusting me. And thank you for equipping me and being good shepherds. Because I know that you guys haven't just affected my life and my husband's life, but you've affected our children. And I know that it doesn't stop there. The seeds that you planted in us will affect my children's children and their children. So thank you for giving us just such a generational blessing. Like, it doesn't end now. Um... 
So, that last song, I feel like God has just kind of been talking to me the last, oh goodness, a lot, the last 12, hour, 12 hours, right? And um, I kind of had this all done before Thanksgiving break. I met with Pastor Lynette, and last night I was going through it, and I was studying it, and I just felt God like saying, hey, I got it. I'm like, okay, and I just kept praying that. I'm like, God, this isn't me, this is you. Like, so... You know, like, I trust you, God. You have this. And so so the last song, it said, whatever your plan is. And I knew that God had changed my plan for his plan. So <laughs> just roll with me, will you? Um. So last week, Pastor Lynette delivered a fantastic message. And she delivered it. Um, it was called Stewarding the Exchange, right? And I don't know. Do any of you guys remember... And I get this excuse a lot because I do teach first grade. Um, not that I assign homework. I've taught older grades and assigned it homework. But they're always like, I don't remember my that I had homework. But did you guys know you had homework last week? Yeah. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, raise of hands of anybody that did their homework. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, <laughs> you weren't here. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So just in case you do need a reminder of what your homework was, Pastor Lynette asked you guys to take a prayer that you are praying and make it bigger. Okay, take a prayer that you are praying or even come up with a prayer that is big. Have that prayer be so big that nothing in the world can answer it. There's no people, there's no things of the world that can answer that prayer for you, but only God can answer that prayer for you. Right? Like, that's a big prayer. Okay. Um, so, I feel like I've had a little bit of practice praying these big prayers. <clears throat> so, I'm going to take a second real quick and pray a big one right now. Because uh, myself and my butterflies are a little nervous. So, we'll just pray that. So, would you guys close your eyes with me real quick? <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this day. God, I just thank you for everybody that rolled out of bed and came in here today, Heavenly Father, that they had the willingness and the heart to come and hear what you have to say for them, that they were willing to come and meet you for you to feed them, Heavenly Father. So I just thank you that they came here with expectation, Heavenly Father. I just thank you that their hearts are open, that their hands are open, that their ears and that their eyes, Lord God. I just pray that you would plant seeds in their heart for them, for those seeds to be fulfilled and stepped out. God, we love you so much, and we just thank you for everything you do. And in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay, so like I said, I love praying big prayers. And I think I love praying big prayers because I've got to see God answer my big prayers. Okay. I, um, I don't know if you guys know, but I have a beautiful family. You guys met Wes and we have four awesome kids, Rory and Ryder. They're three. They're our twins. And Ryder is our adventurer through and through. Like <laughs> he's going to have an adventure. You're going to have an adventure. <laughs> it's all so much fun. Um, and then we have Rory and Rory is our CEO. Like, she keeps things lined out. 
She will be the one that will take care of us when we get old. We've decided that. <laughs> and then we have Charlie. She's seven. And Charlie's our enthusiast. And God just gave her the most beautiful heart to love people and um, to just find joy in every little thing. And she's lots of fun to be around. And then we have Connor. And Connor is Connor special. Right? Like, God puts so many beautiful God characteristics in Connor. He's the most forgiving person you will ever meet. He is so kind. And he loves everybody no matter what their faults are. Like, he is, he is a beautiful person with a beautiful heart. And so Connor has given me permission to share part of his testimony and part of our testimony, our family's testimony. And so... I would first off just like to thank, say thank you, Bud, for being so vulnerable and willing to share and give hope to other people. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> all right, and I'm going to try to go through this kind of quickly. But so when Wes and I, we were first married, um, well, I guess I should back up. Connor's my bonus son, right? Like, I... He did not come from my womb, but I get to call him my son, and he is all mine, right? And when I, Wes and I first got married, Connor lived in Alaska, and Wes would go back and forth to see him and to visit him and whatnot, and we thought things were pretty good, right? But as, as time went on, we started getting reports and um, phone calls and other things that were started, like were red flags that maybe Connor was not where he should be, that he wasn't in a safe spot. Um, we started getting phone calls from Child Protective Services or, or cases opened up about him and his safety. And that was, like, we lived far away and couldn't be there constantly, so that was really hard on us, right? And um, so we started to, like everybody else in the world, for their son, we started fighting for him and doing whatever we could to get custody of him, right? We talked with lawyers. We continually talked with CPS. We um, we offered help to the adults in his life, whatever we could do to help him to to make better choices, to get better. And we constantly kept hitting brick walls. Right? One of my friends, she works in the government somewhere, and she suggested that instead of trying to fight this from the bottom up, that we start from the top. And go down. So Wes and I, we wrote letters to all the senators and the representatives of the state that he, that he lived in. And so we started, um, we started that and we got some phone calls back from them and they would open up the cases and then they just got shot down. And we did seriously contemplate kidnapping. If you guys are wondering that, you're like, well, I don't know, get them. Yeah, we, we definitely thought about that for sure. But we did realize that that would only be a short time solution. So, <clears throat> but during this time, I read a book um, called The Sun Stands Still. And this was over a stretch of two to three years, guys. This wasn't just like a couple month battle. This was years that we were battling this. And um, during this time, I had read a book called Sun Stand Still, and by, it's by Stephen Furtick. And in this book, he talks about um, a story in the Bible where Joshua 
is fighting the Amorites, right? God told him to go take over the Amorites and wipe them out. And so Joshua's fighting and fighting and fighting and doing battle and everything. And he realizes that if the sun sets, if the sun goes down, that the Amorites are going to get away. And he's not going to be able to complete what God asked him to do. So Joshua prays this incredibly bold and powerful prayer. And he prays that the sun will stand still and the moon will stand still. Right? And I'm pretty sure if Pastor Lynette was grading that assignment... She would have to give that one an A+. Because I don't think there's any physical or worldly person or thing that can make, you think about it scientifically, the earth stop. You know, how crazy is that? That God made the earth stop for Joshua and his armies to fulfill their callings, to fulfill their destinies. It blows me away. Right? So I read this book. And then I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, right? I'm like, I want a sun standstill prayer. I want one of those. So I prayed that Connor would be and he would live in a safe and loving home. And I prayed that that home would be with us. I prayed that he would get to come home with his daddy. That was my prayer that I prayed for Connor. So that's my son stand still praying. Like I said, I was praying this over years, over years and years and years and being frustrated and tears and discouragement and everything. Um, so fast forward a little bit and we had just moved into a new house. We bought our first place, moved in there. There's a testimony in there too, but we'll save that one later. But we just moved into our new house and Wes had gone to work and um, Charlie was still sleeping. And I remember sitting at our new kitchen counter and I was reading, spending time with Jesus and I was reading my Bible. And all of a sudden I heard God say, prepare a room for Connor. And I remember being like, what? Did I hear that right? Was that just something that I'm making up? And the no. Like one of the few times I've audibly heard God's words, prepare a room for Connor. And I remember deciding at that moment to take that as a promise that Connor was going to be in a safe and loving home that was with us. And it was a Sunday, so I remember coming to church and worship absolutely wrecking me as it usually does. Thank you guys. <laughs> and then, um, and then after that, Charlie and I, we went to Walmart and we bought a Spider-Man pillow. We actually had to buy the, like the little bed frame things because we had a mattress, but not a frame. And I don't think a room's prepared if there's just mattress on the floor. Solid. Sorry, college people. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, so we, Charlie and I, we went and we bought a Spider-Man pillow because we knew he liked Spider-Man. And we bought Spider-Man posters. We bought bed sheets and comforters. And I'm walking through Walmart. I'm like, all right, we're doing good. And then I remember feeling Holy Spirit say, well, what is he going to wear? And I was like, okay. So I uh, went and did some more shopping and got underwears and socks and shirts and pants. And then we went and thrifted a dresser. And we took it home and we filled all that up and we set it up. And I had the pleasure of when people would come over to see our new house, our first house, they would walk in and see this room that was 
for surely set up for a little boy. And we had a little girl that was with us at the time, Charlie, right? That's the only one that she lived with us. And they'd be like, oh, whose room is this? And I'd go Connor's. And they'd go, oh, is he coming? And I'd go, yes. (laughs) And they'd go win. And I'd go, and move on. And so... I remember feeling absolutely crazy. I don't know if you, any of you guys have stepped out for God or God's called you out into something and you're like, Whew, feel like a crazy person, but God, here I go. And that's what I did. And I remember feeling that way. But I knew that if God made a promise, I wanted to be prepared to receive that promise tomorrow. Right? Or prepared to receive that promise in the next hour. I did not want God to have to wait for me to be prepared to receive his promise. So we, Connor's room sat there for six months, at least, probably five, six months, something like that. And then I remember being at school and it was the last day of school for me and getting a phone call from Wes and Wes said, Hey, I just got a phone call from CPS and they told me I have 24 hours to come and pick up Connor otherwise he's going into the foster care system so Connor so Wes hopped on the first flight to Alaska that he could and he flew up there and he picked up Connor and he brought him home but I remember Wes calling me um I think your layover was in Seattle or someplace I remember him calling me and he goes I really have him I have my boy and we're coming home. <laughs> and it was so cool and it was it was early in the morning, right? And I remember laying in bed and kind of like it was probably real ugly, but I remember laughing and crying and thinking, "Oh my gosh. This is what Noah felt like once the first raindrops started coming after he got the ark loaded up." <laughs> so, um So I share that testimony with you because our God is so good. And that was an impossible situation. It was so impossible. We tried absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. And finally one night, Wes and I, we prayed, God, we can't do this. You have to do this. So I share that testimony because... I hope you guys have these big prayers on your heart, these impossible, only God can do prayers. And I share that testimony as a platform for you guys to stand on, for you guys to take my testimony and say, uh, God did it for her, so God, can you do it for me? Because he wants to. He wants to so badly to do it for you. All right. So when Pastor Darren approached me, I feel like it was this summer when he approached me if I had anything to share. I immediately said, no, no, pretty good. And uh, then I walked away. I remember exactly where it was in the parking lot. And then I felt like Holy Spirit say, hey, are you going to check with me? I'm like, nope. Anyways, so after a while, I came around to the whole obedience thing and figured I would start asking God. So I started asking God, God, do you have anything to share? Do you have anything that you want to share through me? 
And he's like, yeah, I do. So God started sharing this statement. And it was almost, have you ever heard like a sound so much that your ears ring? Okay. And they almost buzz and they almost throb a little bit. Well, it was kind of like that, but it was my heart. <laughs> like my heart was ringing and throbbing and buzzing <clears throat> as he started talking to me. And he started talking to me through this what if statement. And he started saying, he started saying, Kayleen, what if? Kayleen, what if my children were bold enough? What if my children were bold enough to forget all of their failures? Kayleen, what if my children were bold enough to forget their insecurities? Kayleen, what if my children were bold enough to forget all the lies that they hear? What if they were bold enough to forget their shortcomings? What if they were bold enough to forget their excuses? What if they were bold enough to forget that they don't have enough money? What if they were bold enough to forget that they don't know it all? Kayleen, what if my children were bold enough to know that they're not too old or they're not too young? Kayleen, what if? And I started realizing that it was more of a question. He was asking me, what if all this happened? What if my children forgot all of this that's not true? And I started thinking, and it didn't take me really that long to figure it out, thankfully. <clears throat> but I'm like, God, how quickly would your heaven come? If we as children of, of God... We're bold enough to cast away all of our fears, our doubts, our insecurities, our hurts, our brokenness. And we were bold enough to trust God and step into the secret callings that God has for us, for the destiny that God has planned for us. Heaven would come real fast. And I love what Miss Kirsty posted. I don't know if any of you guys follow Miss Kirsty on Instagram, but. So as God was working this on my heart, and like I said, it was, it was a ringing in my ears. It was constant. One day I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this that Miss Kirsty posted. She said, it's in the moments of the what ifs that our faith is stretched and increases because we are thinking in a new heavenly perspective. It's one where there is no doubt. Or fear. But the gap from impossible is bridged together and met by the possible. It's the what ifs of God that will sustain us in living in his kingdom come. <clears throat> I love it. And it was so cool that it popped up. God's so good. Um, so as I'm reading this and as God's talking to me about this, I'm realizing that Again, I have something very mixed up about God and his kingdom. And so I start thinking about it, his kingdom come. And whenever I imagined heaven coming to earth, right? We pray the, we pray the prayer, prayer, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done as earth as it is in heaven. And I may have watched Aladdin a few too many times growing up because 
Whenever I thought of the kingdom of heaven coming, I always thought of Jafar and his genie wishes, right? I don't know if you guys can picture it. I always remember, like, I think it was when he was wishing to be the richest sultan in the world or something, right? And the kingdom of Agrabah was picked up and put on a higher hill, right? That's always what I had pictured when I thought of kingdom coming, when the heavenly kingdom came to earth. It's here. (laughs) But God has so graciously taught me that that's not how it's going to happen. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Right? The kingdom of heaven is not coming to earth without his children. The kingdom of heaven is our responsibility to bring. We, or I too, I always pray for things to change in this world, right? I always pray for things to be different. But I'm realizing that God has people out there that are going to make a difference. That he has people out there who are going to change and who are going to bring hope. And those people are his children. All right, if we could look at Ephesians, Ephesians 2.10, please. Okay, so in Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And I think there's a few things that we need to realize in here. First off, you are a masterpiece. I am looking at a whole bunch of God's beautiful, beautiful masterpieces this morning. Okay, so sorry, I'm going to make you jump again. All right, let's go to Psalms 139. And let's start at 13. And I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. And as I read this... I want you guys to be active in this, okay? Please, please, please turn on your Holy Spirit imaginations, and I want you guys to picture this. Because I do not feel that we can do God's work unless we understand who we are as his children. I feel like it is so hard if you are trying to please somebody that doesn't like you or love you, right? If you're... I don't know, maybe you guys have a boss that you feel like just doesn't pay attention to you, doesn't like you, just wishes you would quit, right? And you feel like everything you strive to do is never going to be good enough. Can anybody relate to that? Okay. But we have a Heavenly Father who we don't have, who thinks we're already pretty amazing. Our Heavenly Father does not want us to quit. Right? He wants us, he wants us to partner with him. He wants us to move forward with him. And so in Psalms 139.13, it says, You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate insights. All right, so here's the activity part. How many of you guys, or I just want you to picture or think of something delicate. 
Think of something delicate that you have or that you've seen in your life. Right? I think of um, my grandma's china cabinet. Right? And she kept all of her delicate, antique, collectible china stuff in it. Right? And we had to be really careful. And actually, the china hutch was pretty delicate as well. And so... Those things were put away, those delicate things were put away because they were treasured and they were valuable. God formed your innermost beings, your organs, your spirit, your mind. He made that delicate. He made it valuable. He treasures it. And then it said, and my intricate outside. All right, now think about something that's intricate. Something that's intricate. I, I guess I kind of think about a collage a little bit. But not just like the newspaper ones where you tear up a bunch of newspaper and throw it up. Stick it together. Mod podge. Mm-mm. I'm thinking about like, um, like broken pieces of glass or broken pieces of like clay or something, and that they intricately put these little pieces of all sorts of vibrant colors together to make another beautiful, beautiful picture, right? And I don't know if any of you guys have done any collaging, but I haven't. (laughs) I don't have the patience for it. But I would imagine that would take a lot of time. Would you agree? That it would take a lot of time to intricately place those pieces so that they are made just right and in the spot that they're supposed to be. It's not something you just throw together and voila. Right? That's what your Heavenly Father did to you when He created you. He intricately placed every pebble, or pebble, (laughs) every pimple, or not pimple, dimple! I'll get it. He intricately placed every dimple and every birthmark and every hair. Gosh, God, you could have left me with a lot less pimples, but we'll talk about that later. Right? But, yes, amen. We'll talk about that. All right. So, but God did things skillfully. Right? Later on down here it says, I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Look at your neighbor, your husband, or your wife and say, I'm a mystery. (laughs) I am complex. Right? If you wonder why, that's why. Or if you're like, I'm so quirky and just kind of the weird person. That's because God made you mysterious. It says everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. You are marvelously breathtaking. So marvelous. So I want you to picture that, like God's creating you. And like we said, it wasn't like he just pushed a little bit of sand, a little bit of mud, a little bit of spit, and Kayleen, here you are. That's not what it was like. He took his time and intricately formed me. He took his time and intricately formed you. And then when he stepped back, he looked at you and he goes, because you are marvelously breathtaking. You take God's breath away. (laughs) 
And it says, it simply amazes me to think about it. Does it amaze you? It amazes me. This verse, this, this section is actually on my wall in my closet. Right? Because sometimes don't we have trouble leveling ourselves? The few extra pounds here. After the baby, the stretch marks. This is on my mirror because when I look at myself, I want to love myself like God loves me. I want to see myself as God sees me because I know that if I am constantly tearing myself down, that I can't, that I won't be stepping out and working for God. It says, it simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. I want to touch on that secret place. When you, well, let's, my house is rowdy. Let's just be honest. We are a wrestling, picking on, competitive, racing, who knows what will happen next family. And I love it. And I have four small children and one big child. (laughs) And there are some times that mama just needs to get something done, right? And if I need to do something and do it well, I'm not going to sit at my kitchen table. I am just not. Right? And sometimes I might not even go to my bedroom because they have that figured out. And even though the twins can't open the doorknob because we have one of those fancy childproof things, they are knocking and kicking and fingers are coming out. No, I am going to find a secret place. I am going to go find some place where I can sit down, where I can get quiet, where I can focus, where I can think. And where I can do my best work. God did not just make you anywhere. He went to the secret place to make you so he could do his best work. He went someplace where he could focus. Where he could put in the intricate details. Where he could make things delicate. He didn't want three-year-olds running through and knocking things off. Right? Or big children. (laughs) Okay, he went someplace where he could do his very best work. So look at your, look at yourself, look at your neighbor and say, you're God's best work. It says in verse 16, it says, you saw who you created me to be before I came, before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. God planned things out for you. Every single moment you are thinking of me. Wowza. Every single moment God is thinking of you. And before, remember how I said I tried to keep off God's radar? I didn't like this. Because I didn't understand that right below that it says how precious And wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. You are cherished constantly. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. 
we just got back from Florida. And we have lots of sand in Colorado. And even if I could just have the amount of sand that is in my mudroom from Florida, from the water shoes and the sandals and everything, I would totally take all those good thoughts from God. I would totally take all those good desires that God has towards me that are in my mudroom. But that's not what it, God has more for me than even that. It says every grain of sand on every single shore. That's how much God is thinking of you and cherishing you and desiring you. So if you will, if you pictured that, if you can remember that when you start being mean to yourself, because let's be honest, we're all pretty good at being mean to ourselves sometimes. If you would remember this verse, if you would pull this verse, Psalms 139 out and read through it. Because I don't, I think it is hard for us to do our works without knowing that we are a masterpiece. So if we look back at Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he has planned for us. So now that we're remembering that we're God's masterpiece, he has created us anew in Jesus Christ. When Jesus died for us on the cross, he finished so much. He finished everything, right? He gave us victory and things that we don't even know we need victory yet. When we accept God and when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we become righteous. We are now heirs to the kingdom of heaven, right? And I honestly feel like we can no longer call ourselves a sinner. Right? So you know that saying, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm going to ask and probably even beg you to not call yourself a sinner. You are not. You are not a sinner. God did not create you as a sinner. You may sin. We all do. But we have the beautiful blood of Jesus to cover that and take that away. God never looks at us and calls us a sinner. That is the enemy who calls us a sinner and calls us by our sin. God will never do that to you. God calls you righteous. God calls you worthy. God calls you a masterpiece. God calls you loved. God calls you a royal priest. Those are things that we need to speak over ourselves that we need to put on Instead of saying we're a sinner. So no more. No, we all sin. I'm not saying that we don't. But we are righteous. It says, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can go, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Remember in Psalms, it talked about how God had recorded all of our days, right? 
He had recorded the good things for us that we are already going to do. And I think we look at this Bible and we see all the amazing, amazing things that everybody in this book did. And I think it's important to remember that all these people are not fictional. This is not a book of fiction. This is a book of history. It's a book of lineage. It's a book of, it's a can-do book. It's a can-do book, right? Just like the testimonies that we share, if God can do it for me, God can do it for you. This is a can-do book. If you needed the Red Sea parted, he'd part the Red Sea for you. <laughs> Sometimes I wish he'd give me a burning bush symbol, but <laughs> but God, it's a can-do book. I think it's important to remember that the people in this book that David and Abraham and Noah and Esther and Ruth and Mary, they were people. They were flesh and blood. They are your sisters and brothers in Christ. They are just like you, just lived a lot before you. Just like God worked through them, God wants to work through you. And when if we look at David, David in the Psalms, right, we see so much that David knew who he was. And it said that David had a heart for God. David had a heart, um, a willingness to do God's stuff. So you're, if you are asking yourself, or if I'm asking myself, why is God not working on me or working through me? Maybe I need to check my heart to see if I'm willing. Right? Do I have that willingness heart that God has? Right? Or do I have... The heart, like, Noah, like, all right, God, if you say build an ark and here, then I'm going to build an ark. Right? God wants to work through you. He wants, he wants to complete his good works through you. He wants heaven to come. He wants his kingdom to come and be ushered in through us. I think in life, right, we measure time in moments. Do you guys agree? Or, sorry, time is measured in minutes and hours, years, month, right? But life is measured in moments. And I really believe that moments matter. I feel like there was a very important moment when an angel was talking to a little girl named Mary, and she said, Yeah, God, I'm your servant. That was a big moment. Yeah. I feel like there was a really big moment when David said, seriously, are you guys letting this big old ugly Philistine scare you? God, use me. I'll take care of him. Right? That was a big moment. I feel like there was a really big moment when Abraham decided to take hold of God's promise to step out into the promised land. And he left his family without even checking realtor.com to go see if there was a house for him and his family in the promised land. Right? That was a big moment. Moments matter. And I think it's always hard, like, God, when's my moment? When's my moment? But what I think we have to remember is God's faithful. Right? God is so faithful. And I think if we can remember... Well, even in your life, how often have you said, so far, so good? So far, we're doing so good. 
right? I think we need to change that and say, so far, so God. Because I think if we can remember, sorry, I'm trying to find a direction, that God's faithfulness is behind us. God's faithfulness is continually following us, right? I went through this trial. We had this hard situation in our life. I prayed. God answered my prayer, right? Oh, life's going pretty good. So far, so God. Get here. Oh, my goodness. Now we're in this situation. Now we're in this rut. God, please help me. Please help me. God's faithfulness is behind me, right? It caught up to me again. But coming from the other direction, God is sovereign, right? God has planned a destiny for you. God is, I don't want to say all powerful because that sounds like genie again, too much Aladdin. But if we say God, God is amazing. God is powerful. God has things in control, right? So God is sovereign. So faithfulness is coming at us this way and God's sovereignty is coming at us this way. Eventually, if we're walking in God's will, there's going to be an intersecting point or multiple points in our lives where God's faithfulness is going to help us through God's destiny, right? God's destiny is always constantly coming at us with his faithfulness coming through us. So I don't know if many of you have a destiny and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want God's destiny. And don't put me in front of no big old giant, right? But you, what you got to remember is God's faithfulness is always coming. God's faithfulness is always coming for for you. I think these moments are coming for, are in the wave for the Northern Colorado Cowboy Church. These moments, these kingdom come, destiny, you were created for a purpose, moments, They are coming for the people of the Northern Colorado Cowboy Church. It will not just be in this church. Pastor Darren and Lynette have equipped us. They've shepherded us. They love you. They've shown you God's love. And they've given you permission to step out and take these bold moments. Whether these moments be at your child's daycare, at your work, in your household, I don't know. But I really do feel like on your hearts today, maybe it's even those big prayers that we prayed. I feel like God has placed moments where he is begging you to be bold. That he's begging you to step up and to trust that he is faithful and that his faithfulness is coming up behind you and that his sovereignty is meeting you and positioning you at a point to be incredibly bold. At a point where you can step out and be the child of God, where you can throw off the what-ifs, where you can throw off your insecurities, your lack of funds, your lack of, I don't know, You can throw that off and you can step into that moment that God has you because you can trust his faithfulness that is coming behind you. And you can trust that he is always, always, always a good God. I really feel like 
It's time to be bold. I really feel like it's time to bring our what-ifs into a reality. We read through Psalms 139, and we know that we are cherished masterpieces, that we are marvelously breathtaking, that we are God's children. It is time, and me included, that we start ushering in the kingdom of God. It is time that we start walking on this path of your will, God. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And we know that his faithfulness is behind us and his sovereignty is in front of us. We're ready for it, guys. We're ready for it. Just out of curiosity, how many of you guys have a stirring on your heart? How many of you guys are bubbling with excitement? And you, yeah, yeah, even before I finished, I love it. How many of you guys are bubbling with excitement and are so excited because you know God has a bold moment planned for you? Right? And you feel like you're about to burst if something doesn't happen. Right? (sighs) Amen. I knew God was told me that. All right. Okay. So God also told me this. And this is really cool. And I can't tell you why it's so cool yet. But God told me that today is a birthing day. Today is a day that things are going to be birthed in the spiritual realm. Today is a day that I don't know if you are taking off the old identity that you called and you are putting on the identity that God has called you to be, and that is what's being birthed. I don't know. I don't know if today is a day that you are deciding to be a new father in your house. I don't know if that you're birthing that new dad to be a better father to your kids or a better wife or husband, I don't know. Better at your profession, I don't know. But I really feel like today is a birthing day. Today is a day where things are coming out. New things are being born. I do not know if this is the birthing day where God has planted a dream in your heart and he's planted a calling and you know that destiny. I don't know if today is the day that you guys choose to take that first step, to take that first action into birthing that into reality. Guys, you were positioned. You were created for such a time as this. I feel like today is a day where victims choose to become victors. And she's like, this is a day of breakthrough where victims say, I am no longer going to sit in this mess. I choose no longer to be broken and all alone, but I choose to go to you, God, and let you put me back together intricately, Heavenly Father. It is a day for victors to arise, and I honestly believe that. So if you would, Remember, you got God's faithfulness behind you, and you got God's goodness running into you. If you would, if you are ready for this moment, and are you are ready to birth something new, I would love for you to stand. 
I would love for you to say, I'm ready, God. My heart is willing. I do not need to check realtor.com because I trust you, Heavenly Father. You are good, God. You are so, so good. Okay, and I want those people who are bubbling excitement, who feel like they are runneth over, I want you to raise your hands. I want you to raise your hands. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, and one more thing. If you do not know Jesus, if you are trying to stay off God's radar, sorry, you can put your hands down for a second. They might get tired. Um, and you're like, man, I want these moments. I want to know this God who has created me marvelously. If you are ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, go ahead and raise your hand. Take this bold moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Okay, put your hands back up if you're exciting, if you're bursting. Exercise. All right. Okay, this prayer, we're going to pray, and this is for everybody. But if you are by somebody that has their hands up, I want you to go ahead and lay hands on them or stretch your hands towards them. Okay? Because we all have these moments. And I really feel like things are being birthed and being prepared for everyone. But let's just go ahead and pray a bold prayer right now. Let's pray a big prayer. Only a kingdom come, only a God prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. God, as your lovers, we come before you today and we sing your praises. God, you are mighty and you are good. God, you are so fantastic. And God, we we pray for God confidence. We pray for bold confidence as we are stepping into these moments that you have for us, Heavenly Father. God, we pray and we thank you, Heavenly Father. We're even moving on to the next step. We are thanking you for the testimonies that are coming out of this world, out of this room. God, we thank you for the heaven come that is coming from in here. God, you are good. God, you are good. Say this with me. God, we declare that we are your children. God, we declare that there is a boldness building inside of us. God, there is no doubt. There is no fear. God, I believe who you say I am. I am cherished. You have plans for me. You have purposes for me. God, I have a willing heart. So use me, Heavenly Father. God, give me wisdom to know when these moments are coming. God, let me seek your counsel so I walk these out in your will. God, thank you for making me a gateway that you, the King of glory, can flow through. You guys are gateways. 
And the King of Glory, it says in Psalms 23, that the King of Glory wants to open your doors, ageless doors. So if you are putting a limit on what you can do because of your age, that's not true. You are ageless doors. You are an ageless gateway where God wants to flow through you. The King of Glory wants to flow through you. God, we thank you for your will. We thank you that for your kingdom come. We thank you for the changes that we are going to see in the nation. We thank you that we are nation changers, Heavenly Father. We thank you that we are going to influence generations to come so they can keep ushering in the kingdom of heaven. God, you are so good. So good. And we praise you. And in Jesus' mighty, mighty name, we pray this. Amen.